handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Just a uh, quick warning. If I look tired, it's because I am, okay? It's late. Well, it's actually really not that late, but, you know, it feels late to me. But uh, it probably feels later to my friend here, co-host of the Colts Brawl Network, Michael Terrazas. Hey, how you doing, Michael? Uh, yeah, I'm tired. Uh, insulation, water pipes, dealing with all that all day. I'm itchy right now. Still in my work shirt, actually. So, uh, shout out Colony Home here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, happy to be on. I mean, been the lead voice for Colts Brawl for quite some time now. I'm just thankful to have guys like, uh, Destin and Zach by me, man. I mean, this wouldn't be possible without them and bringing you guys on, you and Cody. And then the Forged and Blue guys, Steven and Rashad, man, it's uh, great to be here. And it's time that you and I confronted each other on an episode, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, guys, if you haven't seen the Colts Brawl first round mock draft, the first one that we did, I, I highly encourage you to go check that out because it is highly uh, comical for sure. Uh, we, him and I had a few back and forths in that first and second round, no question. It was certainly a lot of fun, a lot of great uh, content there. So it's a good listen. So if you guys haven't checked that out, be sure to go check that out on, on the Brawl Network site. But guys, we're, we already talked about some of the key wide receivers in the group that, you know, has been linked to the Colts for some time now. You know, we heard about the guys like, uh, like Corey Davis and Kenny Galladay and those kinds of names, Curtis Samuel, you know, guys like that. But I figured since there's so many and you guys were kind of saying like, let's, let's kind of broaden the horizon a little bit. Well, I figure we might as well, you know, we'll take a little bit of time. Just kind of say, you know, who, who's a free agent that, you know, you maybe want to see come in on a one year, two year deal, or maybe there's somebody else here that could be a sleeper that Ballard might go for instead of the bigger name guys. So we won't be talking about Galladay or Jones or Curtis Samuel or some of those other guys in here, but we'll talk about some of the others. So, I mean, Michael, the first name that I've been hearing a lot about from a lot of people was Sammy Watkins. And I brought up Sammy Watkins, I think in a video of a week or two ago about, you know, one of those sleeper guys that I really thought Ballard might take a look at because you know, he's 28 years old and he has a, a great track record, obviously being injured quite often. So that's kind of a concern, but I mean, Watkins, when he's been on the field amongst a, a really spread out offense with Kansas city, Sammy Watkins was still able to show that he's still got a lot left in the tank. I mean, this could be a guy that a uh, sport track actually has his market value at around 10 million. Um, honestly, I think you could maybe get him for a slight bit under that because of, you know, just 
wanting to see if he'd go into that role a little more. But what's your thoughts on a guy like Sammy Watkins? That That's an interesting name and one that I have uh, thought about a little bit. I haven't, you know, for those who listen to Bring the Juice and the Colts Brawl, uh, I, I don't re- really recall myself talking about Sammy Watkins too much. I mean, I think he's a nice player. If he came here as a number two, man, I think he has all the ability in the world. I think there's still questions about his number one ability. And, I mean, right now, as high as I am on Michael Pittman, uh, is there a true, you know, obvious number one receiver where you going into the office season and saying, okay, we have that guy. We don't need to worry about this position. That's not there. And when you talk about Sammy Watkins, man, I mean, uh, in Kansas City, there, I mean, you know, he benefited a little bit from, you know, obviously having Patrick Mahomes, but he's still a solid route runner. He still uses his body well in jump ball situations. And in terms of, you know, at the breaking point of his routes and everything, I still like it. And I'll, I'll be for Sammy Watkins, you know, when when it comes to $10 million, I, I mean, I'll say this. Don't be surprised if it is $10 million because of this cap situation. I mean, it could be a one-year $10 million deal. That's, that's yeah. literally what it could be. And I do not – I wouldn't be surprised if that deal actually happened. I wouldn't even be surprised if uh, we're talking about receivers, but I wouldn't even be surprised if Bud Dupree came on one year, 10 million. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Just, just in terms of one year contracts, I wouldn't be surprised. But in terms of Sammy Watkins, I think he'd be solid. I think he'd be, he'd be a solid fit for us. And I think he's a nice fit for Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. Most importantly, yeah. I think he's a guy that you're not going to put the whole offense on. You're not going to say, Hey, we're going to go through you. No, that's not Frank Reich's MO. He's saying, we're going to do it with everyone. It's not with Jonathan Taylor. You're going to do your thing. Naheem Hines, you're coming out of the backfield. Do your thing. Paris Campbell. We still don't even know what Paris Campbell's role is on this team. Two years yeah. into his career, that's crazy. Michael Pittman, we're going to do this. Zach Pascal, we're going to do. I mean, we get the understanding of what I'm trying to say. And I think Zammy Watkins would be a great fit for the Colts. So, I thought I saw earlier in the group chat, you said no on Emmanuel Sanders, correct? Uh, I mean, I think the other guys were saying no on Emmanuel Sanders. But yeah, I'm of one of them. Vet, in terms of just being a vet, I mean, I, I know Rashad was talking about like, oh my gosh, I think we can go with the young guy. I mean, we're one of the most young, we're one of the youngest teams in the league. I mean, young youth is not everything. You got to have some 34 vets. though. Hey. 34. I'd rather just bring yeah, back T.Y. Larry Fitzgerald, he's still there. I know, but Larry Fitzgerald is a legend, and that dude still is just a guy that does not drop the football. And not to mention, Larry Fitzgerald just doesn't get hurt. Larry well, Fitzgerald he, really just don't get hurt that often. I would rather just have T.Y. because I know T.Y. is a few years younger, and I don't really trust Emmanuel Sanders. Well, I mean, you're you're not wrong there. You're not even wrong to question Emmanuel Sanders. If it's on a cheap deal, I'll take him. But if he's commanding like eight, nine million dollars, nah, right? I, mean, I don't think yeah. that's going to be where what we're going to pay him. I'd be fine if we paid four or five million. But I think a team like Green Bay, team like Philly, you know, they'll probably and Philly. I mean, Deshaun Jackson looks to be gone, so I mean that could be another fit in it of itself. So I, I'm open to Emmanuel Sanders, but it has to be like four or five million dollars because of the. He still has some speed. He has dealt with some leg issues, but I still trust in the vet that he could be and, you know, a, a spark that he could possibly be. But then again, I wrestle back and forth because we have guys like a Naheem Hines, like a DeMichael Harris that 
they're not making little to nothing right now, but they can still produce at high levels for you. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. You know, I I don't know how much Deshaun Jackson is really going to ask for in free agency. I think his time in Philadelphia is done because he, he, I mean, he was actually a healthy scratch for a lot of last year, believe it or not. Uh, He said that at the end of the season, he was wanting to play, but the coaches said, no, you're not playing for some odd reason. And when Deshaun finally got healthy, I mean, the only reason I would even consider possibly getting a a very, very small contract for Deshaun Jackson is one, I think he still has a little bit of juice in those legs when he's healthy. And second off, I mean, him and him and Carson Wentz used to feast off each other a lot in, in the past few years. So, you know, I, I think that the connection is there, but I probably would spend very little time working on Deshaun Jackson. But I mean, what about Adam Humphreys? Adam Humphreys just got released. Obviously more of a slot receiver. He's kind of one of those Cole Beasley type guys, but 28 years old, he only got, I don't know how much he got paid with his contract with Tennessee from before, but thought he was averaging like 10 million a year. Well, with all the contract. It was a good gonna, contract. I was going to say, but you know, with all the injuries he sustained and the lack of time he's been able to play, that would probably drop his value quite a bit. I mean, is there really a need for the Colts to go slot receiver in this at all? I mean, look, Paris inside out guy, Harris inside out guy, Naheem Hines inside guy, Pittman inside out. I mean, there's a lot of inside. And I want guys like, and we're not talking about him, but Marvin Jones who plays inside and out, and we could truly trust him on the outside. Yeah. But, man, dude, Terrace Marshall and Rashad Bateman are just like my dream to come to yeah. the <laughs> yeah. I love Folks, those. the amount of time this man has talked about Rashad Bateman and Terrence Marshall. You know, it is kind of funny, uh, Michael, that I've been seeing a ton of the national media saying that if the Colts are able to somehow figure out um, the edge spot and maybe the corner spot in free agency, and then they feel confident they can get somebody in the second round at left tackle. They said that first pick should probably be uh, Bateman. They said that that could be the true number one for you right off the bat. I mean, if he makes it to 21, that that's the thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, if he makes it, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, me and Destin, we talk about this all the time, and he likes those little guys. He likes Tony and – Rondell Moore, and I just (laughs) – not the biggest on these little guys. And we'll get back on on track here in free agency. But real quick, I mean, I'm just not that big on the young guys. I mean, we have Harris. We have Hines. We have Campbell. I mean, I don't see the need for a guy that just runs um, after the catch like like Tony. I don't don't think too much of him. And I think we overhype these guys just because of the yak that they put up in college. Elijah Moore – I think he's better than Cardarius Tony. I think he's better than Rondell Moore. I'll probably take Rondell over Cardarius Tony. And yeah, I think a lot of people are starting to do that. That's just how I evaluate the game. And uh, Terrace Marshall and Rashad Bateman, man, they're they're easily in the top five uh, wide receivers, easily to me. And Elijah Moore, and I, I would really like one of those guys. But in terms of like Tony and Moore, I mean, I think they'll be solid second. Tier guys, I just don't. 
I'm just not high on the little guy. So in terms of like the need for a slot, the need for speed, I, I don't see it. That's why I like Pittman as our number one. That's why I want to get Marshall at 6'4", 230. I want to get Bateman. I, I just I want these big guys because when you look around the league, man, I mean, outside of Cole Beasley, Tyreek Hill, who else? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, no one that I mean, think about all of the first round picks of wide receivers that, that are small. Are they yeah. truly that first round value now? I don't yeah. Think- yeah. And the and the crazy thing is too, you also have to think about the quarterback that they have now. I mean, Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers are the same kind of breed of quarterback. They both like to take the risk with the 50-50 ball. But Carson Wentz has a little bit more of an arm to be able to make something like that happen. So Pittman's stock could rise. Now, here's another name that just got released today. You're talking about somebody that wants to play on the outside. We got a guy named John Brown, wide receiver out of Buffalo, that just got released. You know, this this guy's played on the inside and outside quite a bit. He's a vertical threat. We've known that throughout his career. I mean, that that could be an option that you know could really entice the Colts. Yeah, I mean, when we're talking about vertical threats, I mean, once again, uh, uh, Campbell Harris. I mean, we didn't really work with Harris that much uh, this this uh, season, but I mean, that was due to all the COVID restrictions and everything. I remember when we sat down, and I think you and I were in that same um, press conference with Frank Reich. I asked him about the Michael Harris, and he spoke highly of him. And I was, I was truly happy because I like Harris, man. I think he can be that speedster that we want and that we need. And we don't have to spend a high round pick on it. We don't have to spend high money on it. I'm, I like Harris. You know, we don't. We're not asking him to be a route runner like Amari Cooper or a speedster like Tyreek Hill. We're not asking him to do that. We're asking him to add a different element to the offense. Now, in terms of John Brown, the speedster again, uh, working on the outside. And I mean, Destin even said it in our chat earlier today. He adds more sideline options. And at first it was just a weird way to put it, but what he meant was, you know, working on those out routes, those post corner routes, all, all of that stuff working. And I mean, I like John Brown, uh, but if he came here, man, I wouldn't even know if he would be wide receiver too in my opinion. I, I, I really wouldn't. Uh, there's a reason why the Bills released him. There's a reason. And, I mean, sometimes it is, you know, in a time like this, cap casualties and all that stuff, salary salary cap restrictions, sorry. But at the end of the day, a team's not just going to let you go if you are producing for them. And that's just reality. So, John Brown, I think I would probably kick rocks on him, uh, honestly. So I'm not the highest on John Brown. I don't know, man. I think John Brown is one of those guys that's very enticing. You know, he was it the just first depends. Pick, right? Um, I can't remember what it was. Let me uh, let me see if I can pull it up. I think it should. He was a third round pick in 2014. Oh, way off, damn. Yeah, I know. He, he was a third round pick out of Pittsburgh for 20 uh, in 2014. So. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, a, a vertical threat that, you know, probably wouldn't cost a ton of money. Um, but you know, is not just limited to vertical threats. He is a guy that can, uh, that has really good footwork. I mean, yeah. there was a video, I think just either last year or two years ago 
of him putting Stefan Gilmore in a blender and just like destroying him on a route. So, I mean, John Brown's got some of it. Hey, what's up, guys? I want to take a pause from the video to talk about our sponsor for this video, Manscaped. Now, Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million worldwide. And we have an exclusive offer for you, our listeners. 20% off plus free shipping with the code BTJ at manscaped.com. I'll say it again with code BTJ at manscaped.com. And Derek, Manscaped hooked both you and I up with some pretty cool tools, right? I know you have one there. I have a couple here to, to keep it fresh down there. But Derek, I can't tell you, man, how many times, you know, you've been down there, you've been shaving, you're trying to figure that stuff out. And it's the worst. Uh, it's the worst, man. It is. And Manscaped worst. definitely is a great resource there to, to help you have confidence moving forward, man, and doing that. I know it's never fun, uh, but Manscaped yeah, exactly. makes it a little bit more bearable. Well, thankfully, Cody, I've not had any issues when it comes to that yet. Thanks to Manscaped <laughs> and the best thing that I've had with that was the Lawnmower 3.0. It's the new device that helps you. It's the third generation trimmer featuring a cutting ceramic blade that helps to keep you from having accidents down there. The best thing for your grooming experience. It also comes with an LED light, helps you mm. to make sure you see where you're going. Obviously, you need that. And it's also waterproof. I don't have any water on me right now, but I would definitely show you. Helps with your shower and grooming experience. Makes it so much easier. Obviously, don't use it on your face. That's just nasty. I'm just letting y'all know that now. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do don't it. do that. Also, guys, with your package that you would also get comes with a lot of other things that you would need to help with your grooming experience. You have Preserver and Reviver to help with the family jewels to make sure everything is fresh. And also, Manscaped throws in a bunch of other things, including boxer briefs and a travel to-go bag for to be able to bring your stuff on the road with you. Believe me, your balls will thank you. Cody, tell them how you, uh, again how they can get started with their Manscaped experience. Absolutely. So 20% off and free shipping using the code BTJ. Stands for Bring the Juice. BTJ at Manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code BTJ. Unlock your confidence and always have the right tools with Manscaped. Thank you to all of you, including Manscaped, for sponsoring this video. Be sure to check them out, guys, and enjoy the video. But um, another receiver that I, I wanted even last year, this is a guy that went to the Jets, and I was really upset because this is a guy that I thought for a low-end value, you could really get this guy and he would be young to where you can nurture him into the system, and that's Rashad Perryman. I thought Perriman would actually be a good fit with Indianapolis just with his style of play. I mean, he can do just about everything. And, you know, even though he's only 27 years old, I mean, this guy was a first round draft pick in 2015. I mean, this guy, you know, came into the league with high expectations, you know, has never really, he's been in a situation with a lot of unfortunate circumstances with the quarterbacks and the teams he's playing with, he's often been the number two or even number three wide receiver on almost every team he's played on. I mean, when he first came into the league, he didn't get involved very much. 
And when he went to Cleveland for one year, didn't get involved. And then when he went to Tampa Bay, had some really good stats, but Chris Godwin was on that roster. Yeah, Mike Evans on the roster. So naturally he was the third guy. And then you go to the Jets and, I mean, do I need to explain more? I mean, it's just, he's been put into really bad situations. I thought Perriman for for like seven, eight million dollars, I thought would have been a really good option for the Colts. Seven, eight million. That's it's a good number. Uh and look, I mean, being in New York, uh, unless it's the Giants, no one wants to be in New York. Not for the Knicks, not for the damn Jets. Uh I, I just can't think of it anyone wanting to go to New York right now for sports. But mm-hmm. uh in terms of, you know, I mean, you mentioned the quarterback. I I don't really put any of this on Sam Darnold at all. I mean, I look at a pathetic excuse for a head coach and Adam Gase. Uh, yes. A freaking wannabe GM and Joe Douglas. And yep. I mean, they're just sabotaging the Jets. They absolutely suck. It's one of the, um, you're one of the few people that have actually heard come out and say that. I, I have been one of the very few people that have continuously said that, yes, Sam Darnold has a fair share of blame, but his coach and his team have done a ter- – his coaching staff have done a terrible job of making sure this kid is set up to succeed. And there were a lot of question marks about him coming out, and he needed to be in a good system, but that system was not good for him. I mean, think think about it like this, man. When have you ever seen a head coach just – I can't even think of a word for it, man. I mean, how when have you ever just seen a head coach – so disrespectful to his team in a press conference. I mean, oh my gosh. We're, we're he showed up high to one of his press conferences, man, or at least it looked like it. Look, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell comes to the Jazz, and it's a great pick. He's a great running back. Do you want Le'Veon Bell on your team? I'm not a charge of personnel. Uh, technically, you're the coach, so you put your input when it comes to personnel because you're supposed to be the coach, but if the GM didn't even ask you about the player, then that just really says all you need to know. And I mean, uh, getting back to Bashad Perryman here, but a pathetic excuse for a head coach should never coach in the league again. Uh, Joe Douglas, he needs to be on his way out before Sam Darnold. I know they're going to take him out and bring in Zach Wilson, but it's going to be the same result because Zach Wilson is going to get sacked, going to get injured, and the Jets are going to go 1-15. It's just no difference to me. But in terms of Perryman, he's always been good. He's always been a good little name. Uh, in terms of a number one guy, that's that that's a tough spot to be in. Uh, injuries, I believe, you know, dealt with a little bit. But in terms of as an overall prospect, not prospect, he's he's in the league, but a player, I, I find him very intriguing. Now, seven eight million dollars, uh, I think I'd go six seven. You know, six seven million dollars annually, and maybe a nice little good roster bonus. You know, yeah, little, little signing bonus there. Yeah. Yeah, Brashad Perriman, again, I don't think it's that in, of an enticing name to me. Now, if T.Y. came back and we had Pittman at number three or number two, Perriman, Campbell fight for number three, and then Pascal, Campbell, Perriman fight for four, it, it'd be intriguing, man. I, I would definitely be open to that, but I, I, I still want to wait it out, man. I mean, uh, right now, you, we just don't know. Right now, because you have the draft, you have this this market that money is at a premium, and yeah, guys are gonna want money. But then again, yeah, these teams aren't out. gonna be able to afford them. Yeah, nah. so Perriman, yeah, some, yeah, 
I'll take him on, on a good deal as a number three wide receiver. Okay, so two names here. Keelan Cole, wide receiver from Jacksonville, and Will Fuller, wide receiver from Houston. A lot of two different names here that, you know, speak volume to the kind of playmaking ability they have. Yeah. Me personally, I'm going Keelan Cole over Will Fuller because as much as everyone else in the world wants to continue to say how great of a player Will Fuller can be, the man can never stay healthy long enough to show his worth. He was performing so well with Deshaun Watson last season until, again, everything else just went to crap. I mean, I can never trust Will Fuller. The funny part is, is that, like, Spot Track has his market value completely screwed up. I mean, they're saying this guy, market value is like $16 million a year, which is absolutely hilarious because what contract did he sign last year? Didn't he sign like two and a half million? Yeah, it was uh yeah, it was like a four-year term for like uh ten and ten and a half million and had like a signing bonus of like five and a half. So like it, it, he's not worth like honestly, Will Fuller is not even worth my headache. It's not even worth the time, honestly, for me, because He's young. He's got amazing speed. He's got great intangibles, but he never stays healthy long enough. Like we already have an issue with the wide receivers in Indianapolis already staying healthy. Why do we want another one of those? Yeah, man. When it comes to injuries, I'm immediately turned off by it. This is going to be the first person uh, I believe on the show that I'm going to say no to. Look, man, the speed and you know the ability to get behind the defense, whether if it's in a cover two, cover three, or a quarters defense. It is obviously, you know, very, very cute, very good. Uh, but, you know, in terms of the injuries, man, it's just I'm not paying 10 plus million dollars for that. I'm just not. Nah. I don't even think I'd offer Will Fuller $10 million. I I, I, I mean, what have you proven? That's that's my question, man. It's it's what have you done for me lately, Lee? That's what, that's what it's been. And what has Will Fuller done? Had a successful year, but he was on PEDs, like performance-enhancing drugs. And – what do we even do about 2020? Like, that's yeah. the question about it. And can you be trusted to put your team before yourself? And I'm not calling them selfish in any way, but taking PEDs and all that stuff, man, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a character issue at all. Just like I say, like, smoking weed is not a character issue at all. I, I just want to see a little bit more from Will Fuller consistency, really staying healthy before I see production. So, Will Fuller, I'm going to say no. And then Keelan Cole, another slot guy. Uh, man, you love the slot guys in this one. Yeah. I, I'll say no, man. I, I, I'm very comfortable with what we have working in the slot with Pittman, Harris, Hines, and Campbell. I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. So, I mean, unless it's like a Marvin Jones who I just I just love, I don't think I'm saying yes to. I like right, well, there. He's yeah. solid. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Well, I guess these are the last two names that we'll talk about before we move on. From what you told me is that Juju is deciding to want to stay in Pittsburgh from what we hear. And Nelson Aguilar is the only other guy that I know has been linked to the Colts, but we didn't talk about yet. So, I mean, and from what it sounds like, it sounds like Juju's been even saying that he wants to continue to stay in Pittsburgh. 
honestly, because I think he knows that that's one of the only few places that'll pay him what he wants for the limited production that he's actually giving them now. And then Nelson Aguilar, that name really scares me because I know he he did really well this last season with the Raiders, but I have deja vu with him in, in Philly and just being known as the guy that drops all the balls, dude. I cannot get over that. I just can't. Well, look, I mean, first things first, talking about um, uh, Juju. Yes, I, I did speak with a source, and Juju is not looking to come to Indy, a small, mar- a small market team. Uh, Juju is, is very big into Xbox and TikTok and I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, TikTok, I, that, that's just very weird to me. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, the Xbox, okay, but he wants to build a brand, whatever brand that is. Uh, I've even before knowing what I know now, Juju wants to be in a big market or stay in Pittsburgh. Bottom line, he'll go. He'll probably even go to the Jets if he needs to. That's that's hey. the thing. He'll go to a big market, the Rams, the the Dolphins, the Cowboys. Like they need another receiver. He'll go to a big market team. So I'm all the way out on Juju. These this last year, man, just it was just a big turnoff, you know. And I, I think Mike Tomlin really lost that team because I mean he re- he really just sat there and acted like the TikToks weren't a big deal. But I mean, in in reality, you know, you could probably say that wasn't a big deal. But Mike Tomlin is a one hell of a he's he will be in the Hall of Fame as a head coach in this league. But he he knows what that does to the opposing team. He knows what that does. We're out here grinding. We're out here working. We're out here trying to feed our families, man. We're out here trying to win a game, and this dude is over here with two footballs just dancing like he's at the club. Like, no, nah, man, this is a place of business. This is the world yeah. warfare right here. And that that's just I'm, – I'm just over Juju, man. I mean, all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like Juju as the, as the football player. I mean, I'm not judging him as a, as a person. I know he's, yeah. a, he's a tremendous guy. At heart, he's done a lot for charity. He's done a lot yeah. for the uh, Pittsburgh yeah. community. Yeah. Love what he does. But again, as a football player, he's just another one of these young kids that comes in, thinks it's all about them building the brand. And it, he's not, I just don't see him as a true team player. And that kind of leads me into Nelson Aguilar too, because don't call me out on this. I can't confirm it. But from what I heard was that, Nelson Aguilar was one of the few people that helped start the narrative in Philadelphia that Carson Wentz was not a true leader and he did not like Carson Wentz. From what I from what I was told from a, from a couple Philly people is that Nelson Aguilar was one of the few people that started that. Now I can't confirm it cuz I mean the only person that can confirm that is is Aguilar but I mean from what I heard he was one of the few people in that locker room that was really turning people off. Uh, wow. Uh, that's okay. So Nelson Aguilar, uh, I was really thinking about going in a direction, but just completely flipped on me. (laughs) Thinking about the player first and foremost, uh, look in Philly. I mean, the number one play I remember of him was then when it was Philly and Atlanta, Sunday night football, and Philly had the game. Carson hit Nelson Aguilar running down the sideline, 
in perfect stride. Dropped it right on the numbers. Wide open. The nearest Falcon was like 10 yards away from him. Walk in, touchdown, win the game. And he straight up dropped that damn ball. I mean, that was just like I, – I, that, that was a great game by Carson too. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what the hell? Uh, and, and certainly this past year with the Raiders, he did show some good stuff. And I would – Nelson is a guy that's been linked to the Colts for quite some time. I think for like the last three years, especially I think it was after – not the Super Bowl, um, his last year in Philly. And he, he's been connected as a trade target, as a free agent. He, he's been there. Now, I can't confirm. I haven't heard anything like that about Nelson and Carson. Um, I never saw any rift between them personally. I don't, I don't – I can't recall that. But Nelson Aguilar and Indy, as long as that what you said is not true, I would actually like to see him because of the familiarity with the system, chemistry with Carson, with Frank Reich, and all those guys. Man, I would love – to see that uh, guy that can play inside and out. So I'm not going to say no to him because he's not strictly inside, but I would like the player. I think he's still a solid receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with the uh, playing aspect of that. I mean, if that is actually freaking true, then, I mean, we obviously know that that's not, uh, then that's obviously not going to work out and we'll find out at some point later on. But uh Anyways, guys, that's all we're going to do for these uh, good half hour long video here. Talking about some of those sleeper options that the Colts might attack versus the uh, top level guys, which if we're going to be completely honest, that's probably what Ballard will end up doing because we know that's just what Ballard does to be able to save money for uh, other positions. But uh, Michael, hey, I want to thank you so much, man, for coming on and doing this with me. Absolutely, man. Uh Hell, I mean, I don't even know what else to say, dude. It's been a while since I'm, I've been on Bring the Juice. Clearly, uh, you and I may not know each other all that well. Like, me and Cody are, are very close. Uh, yeah. But, you know, just know that when I give you a nickname that you know, I, I consider you a pretty good friend. So, Goofy, it was good uh, – you can't call me that on my own podcast, bro. You can't be doing that. You can do that on Colts Brawl all you want. That's your baby. Hey, man. I mean, are you not affiliates with Colts Brawl? I'm not saying no. I'm just saying I'm uh, we're on bring the juice right now, man. You can't be calling me goofy. I ain't part of the uh the Mickey Mouse Club, bro. Come on. Nah, you're the goofy club, man. That's that's just how it goes, man. Uh, but you know, just hey, man, I'm incredibly grateful for what we're doing here. Uh, not yeah. just not at Colts Brawl. It's not about me or Destin or Zach alone. It's I mean, bringing on everybody, man. We brought on a couple writers, bringing you and Cody on, man. Me and Cody already have long history. You and I are building up tremendous chemistry, Stephen and Rashad, man. We're we're working, and then our Secret identity guy behind indie cult, uh, indie Colts brawl coverage and all that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's just a family we're building, man. And yeah, uh, we're gonna get bigger, you know. That's our goal, man. Just do this for our for our fans, the Colts fans, and we just love every single Colts fan, man. That's just what I wanna I wanna tell everyone. That a lot of people that watch you guys probably don't even know who I am, so I wouldn't be. <laughs> I'm a I think you. I think you'd honestly be surprised. I think a lot of people know who you are by now. But yeah. um, 
Hey guys, we want to thank all of you for showing up and watching this. And uh, thank you guys again for 6,000 subs. I I've said it on a couple videos. You'll probably see it for now, but I mean, it it's feels like a long time coming because Cody and I, you know, when we hit 5k back in uh, January, you know, or early January, we were saying like, man, we want to get to 6k as quick as possible. We're glad we finally reached 6k before free agency started, which is great. Hope to get to maybe 6,500 by, uh, maybe by the time we get to, uh, by the time we get to the draft. And I mean, hopefully that continues, but, uh, we really thank all of you guys that appreciate the support that you continue to give us. Wouldn't do it without you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Everybody let us know in the comments, what you thought of this list and who you would bring on, who you wouldn't for Michael and myself. Thank you guys so much. And as mm -hmm. always go Colts. Yeah.